What's up, everyone? This is Eddie. And this is Miguel. And you're listening to the God Life Culture Podcast. Yes, another episode, just another opportunity for us to have great conversation and just uh, reach out to each and every one of you. Yeah, and today we are full of energy. We had a really long week, a long day. We are celebrating our pastor's, uh, pastor family's 10-year anniversary. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe it's been 10 years, 10 years ago. Um, my parents were ordained as pastors and we became pastors of the New Jerusalem Church. Yeah, and actually, coincidentally, uh, you uh, in your ministry, Hands of Worship, uh, are also celebrating their 10 years of ministry. How does that feel? Yeah, I mean, I cannot believe it's been 10 years. Thinking back um, to when we started, most of us were still in school. Uh, we weren't married. No one had kids. And now just seeing, um, you know, people getting married. I'm soon going to be getting married. You know, some of us have kids. And again, it's just amazing to see that even through all of that, you know, marriage, you know, having jobs and, you know, graduating school and even having children, we're still together. We still yeah. minister. We still do what we love to do. And my favorite part out of all of that is that we're still friends through it all. Absolutely. And do you think, uh, was that an easy task? Was that something that uh, you feel um, was easy to hold on to those friendships throughout the 10 years? Or were, did you guys go through your ups and downs? I mean, like any friendship and any, you know, people, a group of people that, you know, work together, there's always conflict. There's always, there's always disagreements. There are always things that you have to overcome. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I think you have to choose, you know, and prioritize what you love. And if you really love someone and you really enjoy someone's friendship, regardless of disagreements, regardless of conflict and struggles that you face, you make it work. Absolutely. So, you know, we've had disagreements. We've had moments where we've had to work things out and talk things out. And at least for me in these 10 years, I think communication has been the biggest uh, lesson that I have learned. Yeah. Communicating feelings, communicating, you know, well, I really didn't like the way you said this, or this is how it made me feel. Is Was that your intention? Yeah. And I think that for any group that's trying to make it through uh, young ministries or young ministers or even just groups in general, organizations, um, you have to learn to communicate. And Absolutely. Communicate the right way. Absolutely. Um and today we as mentioned previously before we had our banquet in appreciation of our pastors and their awesome uh 10 years that we know um is 10 years of victory uh maybe not the easiest 10 years uh that anyone could have had uh but i think that it's very important that as a church you show your pastors appreciation uh, do you think that that's something that uh, a lot of churches do that they show their pastors and that appreciation is it even important to show pastors appreciation yeah i mean it's super important to me that that's done i've you know heard of congregations who definitely honor their pastors recognize yeah. their pastors they're you know they support them they bless them and that's great but i do know that there are churches who really don't support their pastors don't acknowledge that don't honor them and i think it's something that you know we really don't grasp how difficult it is to be a pastor and we don't yeah. really grasp you know the the obstacles and the struggles and the sacrifices that pastors really go through and endure 
And I mean, I've seen it firsthand being a pastor's son, you know, for these last 10 years, I've seen the high points that my parents have, you know, gone through when they're like on top of the mountain, you know, things are great. And I've also seen them at their low points where yeah. it's the valley and things aren't so good. And I think that it's really important for people to recognize that for churches to get together and choose to honor their pastors and recognize them for their hard work and their dedication, their commitment. I mean, in these 10 years, I've seen my parents, you know, uh, endure hard times and through it all, they still remain faithful. They still had that smile on their face and even moments where I question, like, would I be able to do that? Would I be able to endure and, you know, push through all of the negativity or push through the obstacles and they were able to do it. And I think that, you know, pastors really have to have that determination and that dedication to do what they do and the church should recognize that absolutely and i think that uh, one of the things that as a church we have to uh, realize and comprehend is that uh what they do the work that they put in how hard uh they work for us and that they're for us the effort um it is something that is done basically 24 hours a day seven days a week you know it's not only uh that they preach the sermon or they were at the church for two three hours on a sunday um and that's it you know they punched out when they walked out the door and then they kept it moving no you know one of the things that impacted me really at today's banquet uh were the memories uh that certain individuals shared uh, and these were memories of the way that our pastors impacted them. Um, and I'm, I'm almost certain that the majority of them were things that happened outside of church. Uh, people that uh, they the pastors visited when they were at the hospital or people that uh, the pastors visited when they were going through a tough time. You know, our pastors are here and they preach and they minister to us during the service, but they also work outside of the services they give counseling uh to people that are getting married or people that are going through difficult times uh they're there to give words of encouragement words of advice for young people that are maybe going through certain situations in their life and they need clarity uh, they're also there for us when we're doing fun stuff and we're having you know birthday parties and get-togethers whether it's a super bowl party or something's happening they're there at those moments as well uh so yeah. it's a lot of time and effort that they put in uh, to the congregation you you know you imagine a church of 100 plus members um and the pastors have to you know get to know them individually uh go to functions and be there for them also be able uh you know and yeah definitely through the holy spirit be able to discern there's something off about this member let's give them a call you know check in on them see what's going on and pick up those cues uh so that they're also um uh, so they also don't let no one stray away yeah i mean i think what you know, the reason why people have those experiences and have those great things to say, you know, outside of the church and outside of the four walls is because that's what makes the pastors human, I believe. Yeah. So I believe when, you know, they're not here and, you know, in the church and when they go to your party, when they go to your get together, when they go visit you in the hospital or, you know, go to a graduation and all of those things, it makes them real. It makes them tangible. It yeah. makes them, you know, not just the individual who preaches and, you know, is on a pulpit and is so far away, but someone who is personable, someone who's relatable, a human, you know, where you can actually, you know, you can see them and you could... Um, have conversation and you know be encouraged by them 
outside of the church and away from the altar. And I think that that's something, you know, that my parents have have showed me is super important. You know, yeah, you have absolutely. to relate to people. You have to communicate with them. You have to have relationship with them in order to lead them effectively. I mean, I've seen my parents attend all of these things, parties, graduations, you know, visit people in the hospital. I mean, I remember this one time it was, you know, two o'clock in the morning and they got a call and they they left you know at that time they didn't get back till like 5 36 in the morning and i remember feeling so bad because i knew they were tired i knew yeah. they had a long week it was a long day they had gotten in bed and had to get up and had to attend this matter and you know as a pastor's son you know as a child you feel powerless you feel like you really can't help them you really can't you know go out there because it's you know their job it's their responsibility and you you know, I went back to sleep and, you know, heard them come back in the morning. But it's definitely I, I've witnessed firsthand, you know, what it is, the challenges, the, the obstacles, the battles. But at the same time, I think that most people, when they associate pastors, you know, or pastors, kids, you know, they associate it with, you know, feeling bad and sadness for you guys and difficulty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had, you know, this one lady i remember come up to me and just say you know once i had told her i was a pastor's son she said i feel so bad for you and she grabbed my hands like her eyes got watery yeah. like she was about to break down in front of me <laughs> all because you know i told her i was a pastor's son yes and in her mind she was like i know the struggles i know how hard it is it, and you know i feel so bad and those are literally her words i feel so bad for you and honestly you know it is difficult it's challenging yes. it's hard it has it's you know moments where it's like okay i wish you know this wasn't the position i was in but at the same time i'm a firm believer that it's a huge blessing absolutely and in moments like today where you see everyone together you know everyone was at the banquet there were you know children running around and laughs and people taking pictures and just a great um you know atmosphere i think in moments like that you realize it's worth it when you cultivate Absolutely. in people's lives when you have that relationship with them and that connection with them you know even outside of the church and you see joy yes you see you know fellowship like that it's something that really strengthens you so i just you know encourage all of you out there who are listening if you belong to a church and maybe your church doesn't really do anything to honor pastors or recognize your pastors i challenge you to speak to the leadership and maybe put something together whether it's an event whether it's you know just a few leaders taking the pastors out to eat you know for dinner or inviting them over your house figure out a way that you can really bless them and show them that you care, show yeah, them that you honor them, that you respect them for what they do and that you're there for them. Yeah. And, and I challenge you to take a moment of self-reflect and to sit back and evaluate. Are you one of those that give your pastors a headache? Are you one of those uh, that aren't um, the most easiest person to deal with? Uh, one of the difficult members in your congregation, whether it be because you're impulsive or you're super highly, highly outspoken or you don't have a filter or maybe you're not that sociable and, you know, you bumped into someone by mistake and instead of saying sorry, you said something you weren't supposed to say. Like take a couple of minutes and self-evaluate um, and be like, you know, God, I, I, I need you to help me be more of a blessing to my pastors and less of a headache for them and god will honor that and god will help you and it will it won't only be a self-fulfilling thing but it will also be something that will help uh your pastors so yes invite them out to eat yes give them you know a card that says we appreciate you 
uh, but also take that time to self-evaluate and be like, God, is there something that I that that I need to work on in me in order to make their job a lot more easier? Yeah. I mean, and if you feel like those qualities sounded familiar, most likely you're that person. Yeah, so most likely you're that person. Just, you know, <laughs> think about that. And it's something that I know God will honor and appreciate and, you know, pastors as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, today we want to get into a conversation and um, it's something that has been on my heart for a long time because ever since this song came out, I've had it on repeat and it's a song called Reckless Love. Yes. When I first heard this song, I heard it uh, from Corey Asbury. He's the original writer of the song and singer. It was on his album in uh, 2017. And right now it seems that this song is really catching wind and a lot of people are listening to it streaming it downloading it it hit number one on billboard and um you know the first time i heard this song it was actually at the school i work at the elementary or the middle school rather they get together once a week and have a chapel service and i went into the middle school chapel and they were singing this song I heard the lyrics, I heard the message of the song, and it truly impacted me. I went, had to look it up, and I listened to this song, I downloaded it, and when I tell you, it's an amazing song. I mean, the message, the lyrics are super powerful and relatable. Uh, again, it's called Reckless Love, and it talks about the reckless love of God. And Corey Asbury, the original writer, he, you know, put it out, and, you know, Israel Houghton, actually it. put a cover out uh just recently and you know i think it brought the the message back it brought just you know the the impact that this song has had over the weeks it's strengthened it even more and um you know not only did he release the song he released a few videos on his instagram page titled um reckless reflections yeah. where he just kind of spoke about the song and how it's you know personal to him and how much it's blessed him in his life and um, I mean, for those of you who don't know, Israel Houghton is a worship leader. He's, you know, uh, really known for a lot of the songs that we sing in our churches. Been out for many, many years. Yeah. I mean, songs like Let It Rain, To Worship You, I Live, I'm a Friend of God. All of these songs, you know, he he's written them and he has sang them. And uh, in 2016, he had announced that, you know, he failed and sinned in his marriage and he was um, divorcing his wife of 20 years mm. and this was a big you can say a big uh headline in the christian news and in the Bomba. christian churches because yeah <laughs> uh you know this was someone that a lot of people respected someone that a lot of people you know knew because of his music his ministry and now going through this tough time people didn't you know take it the right way and it was hard for a lot of people to digest so he talks about that in these videos and he talks about that even though he went through this time and he went through this difficult transition in his life, this process, today, even today, he still has to overcome shame. Mm. And something that he said was, he says, shame doesn't pack its bags. It keeps coming. It keeps calling. It keeps reminding you of that mistake. It keeps texting you. It keeps emailing you. It's just always in your face and doesn't let you rest. And I think that, you know, it's something super relatable because whether we make mistakes, we, we fall, we fail God, we feel like we've offended him. Shame is a weapon that the enemy uses to keep us stuck. Absolutely. I was a couple of weeks ago, I was teaching um, the youth class and that was a topic uh, of conversation that uh, came up um, and I was explaining to the youth that that is a tactic that the enemy uses to separate us uh, from God. 
if he can build a wall of shame between you and God, where you feel that you are aren't worthy enough to go before God and ask him for forgiveness, or you start getting these trains of thoughts of, you know, God isn't going to forgive me, or I don't deserve forgiveness, or what I did was so messed up, or I'm so unclean, or I'm so this and I'm so that, and you start getting filled with all these negative thoughts. What the enemy is doing is brick by brick is building this wall of separation so that you don't go towards God for restoration, so that you don't go towards God uh, for forgiveness. That's why you could be you know, driving to work, driving to school, walking to the bodega, going to Walmart um, and be very carefree. And all of a sudden you get this thought that crosses your mind that reminds you of that shame. And now all of a sudden your whole atmosphere changed, your whole, you know, your your whole demeanor has shifted. Uh, and that's why it's important for us to be able to uh, a discern that when the enemy is throwing those thoughts of shame um, into your mind to discourage you. And also be strong enough to, as Israel uh, Houghton was saying, to close those doors to shame. Don't allow them uh, to uh, dwindle in your mind. Don't allow them to have dominion over you. Uh, the minute you feel those negative feelings trying to creep in, shut that door and keep it moving. Yeah. I mean, not only shut the door, close the door, but lock the door. You know, yeah. that's one of the things he says that he still has to lock the door to shame. And again, it's something that the enemy will keep bringing up shame, guilt, you know, these feelings of of shame and guilt that just burden us sometimes the enemy will keep bringing these emotions and these feelings up memories from our past to keep us down and to keep us from making progress and he goes on to say that in society our society has trained us to accept shame as the norm you know it's almost like we're supposed to feel this way yeah we failed we're supposed to feel like a failure and that we can't get up Mm. Okay, you failed God, you offended God, you're supposed to feel guilty and ashamed and embarrassed to come before God, embarrassed to ask him for forgiveness, embarrassed to go to church and worship, embarrassed to lift your hands. And these emotions and these feelings, again, the enemy takes advantage of that. Absolutely. And I think that, yes, shame and guilt has power. You know, mm -hmm. shame can keep someone stuck. It can keep someone from reaching their full potential. But God's grace has even more power than that. Absolutely. So when we think about shame and we think about its power, let's also think about God's grace and the power that God's grace has over shame and has over the things that we've been through and the obstacles that we face and the mistakes we've made. I mean, one of my favorite verses is Hebrews 4:16, and it says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Amen. And a lot of times people find it difficult to come before God when they failed. They yeah. find it difficult to come before God's presence and ask for that forgiveness. But, you know, there's a reason why this is in the word. And it says, to come boldly yes and that's what's so hard i mean yeah. i've been there where you feel like okay i mm. totally do not deserve you know your forgiveness and Absolutely. you come like you know super just humbled and upset and again he says to come boldly before the throne of grace so we can find everything we need in the time of need and um you know this is something that when we think about our mistakes when we think about the things we've been through we think about the challenges we've had and all of this stuff the question that sometimes people ask themselves is, well, if, you know, there's one thing I could change, if there's one thing I could go back in time and change, what would it be? You yeah. know, so I ask you, if there's something that you could go back in your life and change, 
Would you change it? Would you do something different? You see, that's a tricky question. Uh, Cause I think that in our humanness, if we would uh, answer the question off the whim or impulsively, the answer is yes. There's a long list of things that I would like to change or anyone would like to change. Uh, but when you start to, and you can even, I can even think of examples. Like one of the examples uh, I can think of is uh, whether or not I should have went away for college. I had the opportunity to uh, go to pretty much across the country if I wanted to. I could have went to Florida. I could have went to California. I could have went upstate. I could have went to Pennsylvania. Um, but I didn't. I decided to stay here in the city. Uh, I went to college in the city. Uh, and it's quite possible that if I would have made a different decision, I could have maybe taken a different career path. Maybe I would be making a lot more money than what I'm making now. I would be a different type of professional. Uh, but also that decision could have changed the trajectory of my walk in Christ because uh, I would have been on my own. I would have been away from my church. I would have been away from um, people that maybe would have kept me accountable. Uh, and maybe I that, that was a system that I maybe needed in my life, especially at that time at 18 years old. Um, that if I would have made the decision to go away for college, maybe things would have turned out a little bit more differently. And I think that Israel Houghton also mes mes mentions in uh, one of his uh, reflections uh, that if you change one thing, you change everything. Uh, so maybe if I would have went away to college, I wouldn't be sitting here right now with you. I wouldn't be married to my wife. I wouldn't have a son. I would not have done uh, and accomplished the many things that I've accomplished in my life. My, my life would have been something completely different. And to think of, man, I maybe wouldn't be married. I maybe wouldn't have a kid. That alone is something that I wouldn't change for anything. So even, I would rather continue the path that I that I went on than risk losing that for a possibility of maybe even becoming, you know, something maybe more professional, making more money career wise. What do you think? Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I know in my own life that everything that I've been through and all the things that I've encountered, the obstacles I faced, the challenges, it's made me who I am today. So I think that if I, you know, I have to agree with you that I really wouldn't change anything. I mean, you know, you initially you have the thought, well, I would change this. I would change that. I'd go back and make a different decision, you know, choose not to go there, choose not, you know, to become that person's friend and different oh, yeah. things like that. But all of those experiences made me stronger. It yeah. made me wiser. Now I know, okay, in choosing friendships, these are certain things I need to be careful with, or, you know, this is what I need to watch out for. And, you know, it's all about what you learn in the process. And as you were talking, I was thinking about even, you know, one of the first poems I ever wrote, you know, it's called The Test, um, came about after my brother was diagnosed with diabetes. Mm. And all of the lyrics and the words in the poem have to do with what I was feeling, you know, what I was going through in that moment. And little did I know when I wrote that, that would actually be one of the first poems I put out um, for the first project I did. I know yeah. what I speak of. And I have to say, I think that if I wouldn't have gone through that situation, you know, with my family and my brother going through diabetes and all of that, I feel as if I wouldn't have written that poem. Mm -hmm. The message wouldn't have been, you know, out there in that way and maybe i wouldn't have had my poetry album come out at that time yeah, you know i feel like that poem definitely um opened a lot of doors and opportunities for me to share that story and just thinking about all the people i've met along the way that you know battle with a sickness as well or are going through a tough time within their home and their family if i wouldn't have gone through that situation 
you know, and if I wouldn't have written that poem and just put that message down on paper, maybe I wouldn't have had these opportunities and I wouldn't have been able to reach these people, you know? So when thinking about that, of course, there are things that we wish, man, I wish I would have done that differently. But at the end of the day, those experiences have made us who we are. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that we have to learn to A, be okay with and B, decipher is understanding when things happened because of our negligence or our mistakes and when things happen because god allowed them to happen that way yeah um because uh i believe that every experience in life the good the bad and the ugly there's things for you to learn from so maybe you may you were friends with people you shouldn't have been friends with maybe you were friends with people that you had no idea you thought that these were awesome people and you had a, a bad experience with them that's a learning experience there is something that you're supposed to walk away from that with whether it is how you were saying learning how to read people better, whether whether it is learning who to you know invest time or what parts of your life to open up to certain individuals, those are things that you learn to do as you grow older. Uh, even with experiences that you have in the real world and everything, maybe you know you took a job uh, and you took a leap of faith. Maybe you thought, uh, and this happened to me recently. Maybe you thought that by taking that leap of faith and going for a new opportunity career-wise uh, was going to work out for you. And when it didn't work out for you, mm-hmm. now you find yourself in a situation of, oh, man, what am I going to do? Um, and I could, once again, this could be one of those other things that I could go back in time and be like, maybe I would change that, not make that decision because of of the hard. Uh, it was a really tough time for yeah. us during those couple of months where that decision didn't pay out. But I do believe, though, that that, 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 that decision did... <laughs> little tongue tied there uh that it did pay off in the long run uh because a i saw how god was our provider mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of times that we tell god god i want to meet i want to meet you i want to know more of you god show me more of you god you know i want to be closer to you um so he puts you in situations where you learn to depend on him right uh, and that was a situation where we had to learn to depend on him as our provider and you know we can walk or we can walk confidently knowing uh that god is there for us number one but number two if anything ever goes left again yeah you know as a human you you go through your emotions and you feel bad or you feel a little stressed out or whatever but we are confident in the fact that god is going to step in and help us through it as he did before so that's why it's important that you know every situation you're in instead of dwelling in the past instead of dwelling about that mistake you made or that decision that you wish you can change think about what experience or what lesson you can take out of it that you can apply to your life moving forward yeah and you know that's the reckless side of the love that we're talking about you know where we don't feel as if there's a way out we don't feel as if you know god you know can really come through for us because of certain things that we've done yeah and that's where he proves that you know what his love transcends that his love Absolutely. goes beyond what we can think and even when we feel like we're going so left and we're just away from his plan and his purpose he always finds a way to reveal himself to us to you know encounter us where we are and kind of bring us back you know to that place of restoration and healing and in thinking of you know the lyrics of this song um the bridge is so powerful i mean you know literally where god there's nothing that he can't do there's nothing too hard i mean Mm -hmm. the lyrics say there's no shadow you won't light up mountain you won't climb up coming after me there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after me that's true and you know thinking about those lyrics there's nothing if god wants to reach you there's nothing that can keep him from reaching you there's nothing that can block him from you know showing 
you his love Absolutely. whether it's a bad decision you made whether it's a sin you committed whether it's something you did that no one knows about you know that worst situation the most disgusting thing you could think of whatever it is can't keep god out can't keep god from loving you can't Absolutely. keep god from showing you that reckless side of his love and it's a psychological thing because the enemy will make you believe that because of because of the bad decision that you made because of whatever choice you may have made the mistake however you want to call it uh that that uh, that 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 makes you um uneligible for god to love you once again um and the i feel like i spoke about this before also where the enemy takes advantage of those opportunities to separate you from god he uh decides to uh fill your brain your mind with all these negative thoughts and this shame that he wants to throw upon you and it's this wall that he's building and it's like the lyrics say that there's no wall that can separate you from god uh but he builds this wall of shame so that it'll it makes you believe that you are separated from god and and it the aleja how you say aleja in English? Right. It, it, it like uh, pushes you, yeah, you. distances you, furthers you away from God, and that's why it's important that if there's anyone out there that feels that there's a wall of shame that is separating you from God, to grab a spiritual sledgehammer and to knock that wall down. And what that means is, is that you're gonna push through those thoughts, you're gonna push push through those negative feelings, you're gonna quiet those voices in your head that are telling you that you're not worth anything, uh, that God will never love you, that He will never restore you. You tell those voices to shut up if mm -hmm. you have to. You break that wall down and you run into his arms. God is waiting for you at this moment. Waiting. He, he is at your door pouring out all his love for you. And it's all up to you and whether or not you're going to answer it. And the truth is, I mean, even in the lyrics, you know, he the, the writer says, and I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. Still, you give yourself away. Yeah. So the idea is that even with all of that, knocking these walls down and putting shame, you know, to rest and all of these things, we may still feel undeserving. Absolutely. We may still feel and encounter these feelings of God, how could you still, you know, with all that I've done, how could you still chase me? How could you still want me? How could you still, you know, bless me the way you do? We may still battle through those feelings and emotions and have these questions. But again, that's part of his never ending love. It's funny. It reminds me of one of your tracks, Mercy, where right. it's, you know, God. Um, how could you still how love you me? Still how love could me? you still choose yeah. me? You know, and when I wrote that, those were questions I had. And till this day, sometimes I still mm -hmm. ask myself those questions. But again, it's in his mercy. It's in his love. It's in these things that, you know, the way he demonstrates his love towards us that mm -hmm. really strengthens us and strengthens our faith. And it's about using those questions as a motivation for you to continue because those questions serve as reminders when we think about god how can you still love me god how can you still use me and you see how god in his mercy and his reckless love and his overflowing love still uses you that should push you to continue to serve him it should push you to continue to want to strive for excellence in this walk and not make you feel bad about yourself not make you feel negative no 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 use it as a motivation that he is still counting on you regardless of the fact that yes we don't deserve it because of our humanity and because of our sins you know it disqualifies us in a way from that uh, but because his love is so great it washes away all those things and you know jesus made that sacrifice for us knowing that you know, when he was on the cross and he was bleeding out and he was carrying the weight of our sins upon his shoulder, he knew that it was for someone that was going to mess up in the same sin, 10, 11, 
12 times yeah you know that will go back and god i'm sorry i'm not gonna do it again we'll go back and do it again he knew all of this that we were gonna struggle and that we were gonna have to claw our way to the finish line but it was because he wanted to see us make it to the finish line that he was willing to do that sacrifice for us yeah i mean and if you're listening and you find yourself in a place like this you find yourself you know having a difficult time embracing his love accepting his forgiveness let god show you his relentless love let him show you his reckless love let him um be there you know in those moments of difficulty in your life and if you find yourself kind of battling through those feelings and battling through those emotions you know give god a chance truly give him a chance to demonstrate his love for your life and i'm not sure if you can hear this right now but there's a fire alarm going on we're recording this in new york at our church and um our church actually used to be a fire department many many years ago so we have a fire uh alarm you could say outside so if you heard that that's what that is if you're wondering what that was Don't get but again it's it, not the trumpets yeah Jesus it's, is yeah, not yeah we're still here <laughs> we're still here but again you know what when i hear that sound i think of you know emergency there's an emergency yes. and a lot of times you know what we may find ourselves in a place of an emergency where Absolutely. you know what we find it difficult to really embrace his love and, and when thinking about this subject um, and thinking about reckless love and God's love and everything, there was I had to write down a list of um, attributes that I would give to God's love. Um, and I wrote down unmatched. I wrote down relentless. I wrote down never ending, unrequested, enrapturing, healing, therapeutical, peaceful, all consuming. This is what God's love does for us. So if, like, uh, like Miguel was saying, if there's anyone out there that feels uh, that they are not worth God's love, or they feel that there is a separation between you and God because of a mistake you made or because of the situation in your life. Maybe you don't think that you are where you're supposed to be. Maybe in ministry, maybe you're someone who, you know, has been in this walk for a long time and feels stuck and feels like there's, you know, there's something that's not, you know, there's something that's not working for you. Um, hold on to God's love. Because his love is what's going to push us through. His love is what's going to catapult us and give us the strength. His love is going to be the inspiration that is going to ignite the fire in you to be able to move forward and do whatever it is that it is that you want to do and what he has for you. Because we're all he has a plan for each and every one of us is about us getting closer to him and tapping into what that plan is. Yeah, definitely. And if you haven't heard the song Reckless Love, uh, we completely recommend it. There are many different versions out there of people um, who are singing it right now and just, you know, believe the song, believe the lyrics when you sing it and just let God minister to you throughout that song. And um, like always, we thank you for tuning in. Uh, You can definitely follow us on Instagram at God Life Culture. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, any thoughts, any topics you think that we should discuss, articles that you've read that you have questions on, anything at all, maybe have prayer requests, anything at all, you could email us at GodLifeCulture at gmail.com. That's GodLifeCulture at gmail.com. And we'll try to do our best to answer those questions and just talk about those things that you guys want to talk about yeah thank you once again for listening to uh today's episode this is god life culture i'll say it again god God life Life Culture culture podcast and until next time see ya see ya